Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We have a a fantastic guest lined up, Steve Klein, who's joining us from the Professional Development Center in Richardson, Texas. And we're going to talk about selling when you see the whites of their eyes. So let's get right into that. Steve, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Steve, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and the Professional Development Center, and uh, uh, what do you do, and, and who do you help? Well, as I tell people facetiously, I'm a lead miner. I help people get the lead out. I got into sales, got into sales uh, oh, over uh, 30, 35 years ago because I got fired from a job and uh, wasn't mature enough to handle all the work, and I was put into sales. Had no idea how to sell. I was passionate about what I was selling, and I uh, didn't know why I was succeeding, so I began to study sales. Uh, eventually wrote the book called Sell When You See the Whites of Their Eyes. And I tell people, 30 years ago I couldn't spell salesman. Today I are one. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay, so selling when you see the whites of their eyes. Tell us a, a little bit about that that topic and what do we mean by that? Well, I didn't write the sales book because I uh, thought the world needed more sales books. I wrote it because I have a little different take and philosophy about what selling is all about the key area is about relationships, developing relationships with people to become clients. There's four key areas in the book. One is on the first one's on attitude. Second part is on activity and tracking what you're doing, the sales process, and then uh, understanding how to implement change in your life. But the title of the of the book, "Sell When You See the Whites of Their Eyes," uh, kind of a play on uh, sh- uh, "Don't Shoot Till You See the Whites of Their Eyes," came from a story a friend of mine had told one time. He said, "If you're um, in a major city, let's say um, uh, New York, Manhattan, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and you're in a hurry to get someplace, and you're running through an alley to get there, and a fellow jumps out, starts throwing rocks at you." Let's say as you're going through, there's a garbage can next to you with a lid on it. You pick the lid up and you protect yourself. Well, you're probably thinking to yourself, if this guy quits throwing rocks at me, maybe we can do lunch together. Well, probably not. <laughs> but the 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 garbage can lid um, that you're holding up to protect yourself is the same thing that many prospects do when they're dealing with salespeople. If you can't see the whites of their eyes because that garbage can lid is up, you can't sell them. Now, if you go to pull that garbage can lid down or shield down from in front of the prospect, they're going to pop it right up again. good example is uh, going into a retail store and you're looking for something and a clerk comes up and uh, the uh, the question that generally asks is, can I help you? And the first words out of her mouth is, uh, no, just looking. Well, that's the shield that's up. And again, if you go to pull that down, they're going to pull it right up again. The whole idea, the concept behind what I work with people on in the book is to get the prospect to want to pull that shield down, to want to listen to you, to develop a relationship, and to eventually buy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and um, I, you know, I, I'm like that. I go into places and the salesman comes up and I say, no, just looking. But uh, is it because they're not asking the right way? Uh, how do we get that shield to come down? I'll give you a good example. Oh, 
old, probably about uh, 20 years ago. When I was purchasing my first computer, I went to a number of stores, knew nothing about computers. And since I knew nothing about computers, I was looking for the least expensive computer. Went from store to store, and uh, <coughs> pardon me, I was uh, looking for that computer, going for the least expensive one, until I went to the last store. And as I was looking at the uh, computer, as a salesperson walked up, and he said to me, it looks like you have some interest in this computer. I said, yes, I do. He said, you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? I said, sure. He said, what do you plan to use a computer for? What kind of software do you need? Uh, what will you be doing on the computer? Well, he was asking questions I really didn't have the answer to. And as he was explaining this to me, he said, this is a really good computer. He said, but this probably won't do everything you're looking for. Let's take a look at this one, and now we're moving up in price. He said, this will probably handle everything you need to, uh, to accomplish with your computer. He said, but look at this monitor and compare that to this one over here. And again, we're going up in price. I said, my goodness, that looks so much better. He said, that's, if you're going to be spending that much time in front of a computer, that's the monitor you want to be working at. Well, bottom line is, I bought a computer that day, and I spent twice as much money as I was planning on spending initially. The reason why is he asked me questions I didn't have uh, the answer to, and I call those prospect motivation questions. He got me excited. He got me uh, to the point where I wanted to have what he wanted because he asked the right questions to get me thinking in the right direction. Okay, so not just that he had asked you questions you didn't have the answer to, but he was trying to really help you understand what you were going to be using it for and really go deeper and really becoming a thought leader for you in this in this particular topic. He was asking questions to help me, not to help him. If a, if a clerk says, mm -hmm. um, can I help you? It's a closed-ended question. It, it does nothing for the prospect. I work with a number of uh, people in the autom automobile industry, and many uh, salespeople in that field will ask a question of something such as, how much can you afford each month on payments? Well, that's a way to, to qualify you. That has nothing to do with how, the, uh, how you feel about buying a car. But the suggestion I make is ask them something that gets the, uh, gets the prospect excited, such as, what would you like on your next car that you don't have on your current vehicle? Now, that gets me thinking, and that gets mm -hmm. me excited. And you're right. It's, it's asking questions that, that I, the customer, care about, not the salesperson. And especially these days, wouldn't you say, because so many people can get the basic information easily, and most of them do before they go shopping, they're, they're already, the salesperson is no longer the person who puts the brochure in the client's hands or the customer's hands. They've already probably looked at all of that information. So the salesperson has to be one step ahead of the customer to help them with more, more advanced type of uh, questions and that, that lead to conversation. Absolutely. Well, that information brought me in, as an example, into that uh, car dealership. But what most salespeople don't realize is three sales have to be made to make a sale. The first sale is yourself. The second sale is a company. The third sale is a product. Many salespeople start by selling the product. Well, if you don't know enough about me, you're not going to sell me. And the example I use is a pyramid. If you can imagine a pyramid with a point on the top, many salespeople spend very little time at that very top of the pyramid, uh, and that's what the small part of the pyramid represents, very little time spent with the customer. And by the time you're at the bottom of the period, uh, pyramid, it takes a tremendous amount of time to close them and ask them to buy. But successful salespeople use the pyramid upside down, where the base is at the top. 
that's the timeline. They spend a tremendous amount of time getting into the prospect. So by the time it's down to the very bottom where the tip is, in many cases, the prospect says, well, how quick can I start? When can I get it? It's, it's a very simple sale because the relationship has been made between the salesperson and the customer. That's a great point. So building that trust so that the customer maybe at the end of it is saying, well, which one do you think I should buy? Because they trust the, they now trust the salesperson as a counselor. And the key to that, correct, the key to that is asking them questions. The theory behind that is the person asking questions is always the person in control, but the person answering the questions feels like they're in control. So by asking by the salesperson asking questions to the prospect, you're making them feel like they're in control and unconsciously they feel closer to you and develop, as you said, the trust. Great points, great points. I love it. So what is a what is CCDA? CCDA is a concept that I put in the book called Correct Consistent Daily Activity. And that came up because of an epiphany I had one time, oh, about 20, 30 years ago. So I was driving down the road. I realized I enjoyed playing more than I enjoyed working. Well, that's a thought many people have had. But the second epiphany came to me, and that second epiphany was, yes, but I need to make the money to play. Being in sales and and also enjoying sports, I decided to take the most important things I do on a daily basis and give them points. See, many people, many salespeople believe if they don't make a sale today, they've had a bad day. Or if they made a sale, they've had a good day. Well, making a sale to somebody is something that in many cases you have no control over. So my uh, concept is controlling the controllable, doing the basic things, making the phone calls, getting the referrals, booking the appointments. If you do those things on a regular basis, you'll, you'll get presentations and you'll make sales. So as an example, uh, my objective each day was to get 200 points. Uh, making a sale was worth 100. Uh, asking someone to buy was worth 50 making um, uh, a presentation with 25, booking an appointment was 10, getting a new referral was 5, and making a contact uh, by phone was 1. I could get my 200 points in any combination. But the key to that, the three lowest points, is making a contact, getting a referral, and booking appointment. Those three things I had control over. My day was a success when I hit my activity level. Sales came as a result of it. One of the things I tell sales managers is never ask a salesperson if they've made a sale for two reasons. Number one, if they made a sale, you would have found out about it already. And number two, since they didn't make one, they feel bad enough as it is. So as a sales manager, ask the salesperson, did you hit your level of activity today? That's the thing they have control over rather than asking them if they made a sale. That's great. So driving that activity and and making sure that monitoring that's something you can monitor too by the way as a sales manager which is great to help a salesperson and say look if you don't do these activities you're not going to make a sale if you do do these activities and the sale will come eventually you just have to uh keep doing keep getting the points and doing the activities i love that concept um how do you how do you help uh, become successful how do I help salespeople become successful? Yeah, how do you help salespeople become successful? Sorry about that. Well, that's, that's, that's the first part of it, uh, developing activity. One of the things I do when I work with salespeople is help them keep track of their activity for at least three weeks. That gives a pretty good baseline on what their success is. And what I do is I take the numbers and, and, and 
divide into the sales we're making to see exactly how much activity it takes to make a sale. Then we work backwards. We, we focus on how much money they want to make, assuming these are commission salespeople, and we break that down into how much money they make, like to make daily or weekly, how many sales they're going to have to make, and then figure out the activity necessary to do that. And it's, it's not rocket science. It's just, just doing the activity. One of my uh, favorite movies um, was uh, with Tom Hanks, um, and now I can't remember the name of the movie, with the, um, with the chocolates, and he was... Uh, oh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, thank you. And um, he was told in the, when he was playing football, once he got the football, to run. Well, no one told him to stop, and he kept running. Well, that's almost mm-hmm. the way a salesperson has to be. They have to believe blindly in their activity to become successful. The second thing I do with them is help them understand how to set and achieve goals. And it's, it's very simple. You have, to, you have to have a very, very vivid picture of what it is you want. One of the suggestions I make to my clients is to cut a picture of a magazine, go on the Internet, find what you want exactly. For instance, if there's a car you want to have, it needs to be the right uh, style, the right model, the right color. Take that picture, look at it all the time. Write out as an affirmation, uh, the first person pronoun I, I own a 2016 blank. And keep looking at that. Say that to yourself on a daily basis. And uh, close your eyes and imagine yourself having it. What happens is, since everything is out there in abundance, your mind starts going into overdrive and figuring out ways to help you get what you want to have. Similar to a story I heard one time, a fellow was, uh, said to his friend, I wish I had enough money to buy an elephant. And his friend said, what do you want to buy an elephant for? He says, I don't want, to, want, I don't want the elephant. I wish I had the money to buy the elephant. <laughs> when, we're focused, when we're focused on something we want, our, our, our mind helps us find a way to get it by focusing on that and doing the things necessary to get there. Yeah, that's a great point. So that's vision, uh, being uh, cognizant of the fact that if you see it, you can achieve it if you you know if you dream it you can achieve it but you there's a process to that that's that's beyond just a wish and a hope right it's absolutely doing things there's an excellent uh, recording it can be found on the internet that was done by Earl Nightingale in the 1950s um called the strangest secret and essentially what he says in there is we become what we think about but we have to watch our thoughts because many people are thinking about the wrong things and they attract themselves uh, to that an example i use for people is uh, just think back to when you purchased your last automobile did you start seeing a lot more of those cars on the road well that's because everyone out went out and bought the same car at the same time you did well no it's because it's on your mind and we attract to us what's on our mind so it's extremely important on a daily, a moment-to-moment basis, to be focused on what we want to have, not what we don't want to have. And those people that have worry and have troubles, if you keep focusing on that, it you develop more of it. Yes, you have to work on it, but look at it logically and focus on what's going to happen once you complete the problem or, or uh, get the objective. Great information. So how important is change in this process? Well, change is one of the reasons. Uh, change is very important. I have that in my in my uh, my website and my uh, my company's name. We change all the time. If you look back in your life ten years ago, you're a different person you were ten years ago. You'll be a different person in ten years. If we don't take control of change, change takes control of us. We need to make a decision where we want to be in two years, five years, ten years. We have more control over making things happen when we do that. Most people change. They don't like something dramatically changing their life. 
But if you look around, your change is happening on a daily basis. So by focusing on what you want to have and understanding that, you can begin to make that happen. One of the concepts I explain to people is something called the tenth multiple. If you take $1,000 and double it ten times, you'll have one million. Uh, 2004, 816, et cetera. But what's interesting, at the halfway point, you have $32,000, which is only 3.2% of a million. And the example I use, if you told a friend of yours five years ago that you would be worth a million dollars in 10 years, and you see the friend five years later, and the friend asks, how are you doing towards your million? You say, great, I have 32,000. They'll probably laugh at you. The story behind this is that success does not go on a, on a 45 degree angle. Success goes very slow, and the ninth multiple is when you have your half your money of $512,000. If people aren't willing to stick with it, with it, they will not be successful. The two guarantees that I tell people is if, if you uh, would like to guarantee to fail, don't start and quit. But once you start something, if you believe in it, if you have the passion, if you stay with it, you'll make it work. Great point, Steve. Thanks very much for joining us. Tell, tell our listeners how to get in touch with you and uh, and find out more about what you do. Best way to get in touch with me is uh, you can check my website, which is PDC, stands for Professional Development Center, pdcchange.com. They can get a, also get a hold of me at steve at pdcchange.com. And if they do send me an email, I'll send them a report that I wrote called 10 Mistakes Salespeople Make and How to Avoid Them. Great information. And also your book, Sell When You See the Whites of Your Eyes, is available on Amazon. Can they also find that on your website? They can find that on my website. And yes, uh, they can get it on Amazon also. Well, it's been an extreme pleasure to have you on the show. Great information, and I wish you the best of luck. And, and I think that maybe uh, at some point in the future we should get together again and talk about some of these concepts in more depth. Love to talk further. Love to talk to you about it. Thank you, Bill. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 